Romeo Said Lawrence, can you write my theme song To my new podcast Said what's your podcast called Two Max Holy Podcast 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 Alex, uh, 2Max, we'd like to uh, thank you for joining us for uh, episode 20, blah, blah, of the 2Max Hologram podcast platform collection. I'd like to thank AWOL1 for that lovely intro. And uh, man, I'm, I'm super geeked out like a fan. I'm super geeked out that we got a very special guest in the house, man. We got Curtis <laughs> King in the house. What's up, man? Man, I'm, I'm super excited. You know, don't, don't let my face and my tired, my tired demeanor uh fool you man i'm super geeked out this is a long time coming you know what i'm yeah, saying yeah yeah no, i know you've been you, you always working so i'm like it's it's an honor for me oh man even to hear you say that it's an you, honor for me you're real like you're real ta- man you're a real talented producer mc you Thanks. you're just a stand-up guy man you know what i'm saying i, I really I, I really admire uh these last couple of years that i've gotten to know you and see you perform and do the shows with you and whatnot Absolutely. you know what i'm saying I, I like the way you carry yourself homie and i, and I like the music that you make and uh, for a lot of people that are into my podcast and my particular cruise and stuff like that, they may not be up on you. Y'all, y'all in for a special treat because y'all about to get a crash course 101 into into uh, into one of the promising artists. That, like, it's been already a hot second. I mean, this brother's already accomplished, been touring, been making records with, with all kind of people, making records on his own that are really, really dope. But for, for my particular like wavelength of fans that, that don't know too much, um, y'all about to get a, a crash course, and uh, and as always, man, the way the way I interview people, I, like w- I want to start at the beginning. I mean, the beginning, beginning. Like, right. what was your first like hip hop memory? Like, what are your first like when you know musical memories? Even like break break me down. Um, my first hip hop memory was my mom's giving me the uh, uh, present was a uh, Diggable Planets, um, uh, you know, code like that on on cassette tape on a white like cassette a single. Tape. On a single, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's On right. a single, when when it was, you can yeah. get that off about three three ninety nine or four ninety nine. But um, that was my first hip hop memory. Honestly, was when moms exposed me to that. Um, always been in a, a big musical household from my pops to my moms. Um, you know, they were divorced, but they would always play their own stuff whenever I spent time with either one of them. So you know, my pops would play Earth, Wind and Fire or Cameo. Moms Ooh, would Cameo play. Sold. Oh my god, Cameo sold. So deep, man. Uh, like, Confunction, you know. Um, and then it would go over to my mom's, who, you know, she would play anything from like, it's funny because now, because now she's like super, you know, into the church and plays for the church, but she would go from like Scarface to uh, wow, Lionel bro. Richie to George Michael, like Wham. We talked so. about Wham in the last podcast. <laughs> hey, he was rapping. 
Hey, he was rapping in 80, 83. Like his yeah. on his on Wham, he was like busting verses. I was telling people he was. Bu- <laughs> I mean, he was rapping. Though. He was like, "Well, I tell you, been the time with a friend of mine." I mean, he was. Hey, you know what? He, even aside from just style, uh, mm-hmm. rapping. I mean, the concept of what he what he what he talks about is not far fetched from our genre neither. You know, especially oh, uh, what's the name of that song? Uh, 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 so you say you uh, so she says she having my baby. I tell you that I'm happy if you want me to. Like I told him. Oh yeah, yeah. No, for real. He well, you know what? He's like from London, right? So it was like London was. It was like he was like a London cat, but he was also immersed in dance music and he culture. Knew? Yeah, he knew. He knew what was what's up. up. He knew what's oh, yeah, up. Now George Michael gets props over here. <laughs> so, so, so you said your mom gave you diggable planets? Like, Mom's gave me diggable I mean, planets. man, that, who can say? Look, that's where. It, who can say that in hip hop? Who can be like, man, mom's laced me with it, with I'm cool like that. That's that's love, dude. It is dope. Because I mean, you know what? And I think that's a lot more common now. Because I used to think that. That was something that kind of made me stand out was my exposure to the music. But then I started meeting, whether it be fans or just peers, and they say the same thing, is that it's just a gumbo pot, you know, coming up in this generation where right. they've been exposed to, you know, the, the soul music of the 70s. They've been exposed to the funk music of the 80s. And then hip hop is just what they grew up on as well. So it's, it, it makes sense to be such a gumbo pot. But yeah, Diggable Planets, when I, when, you know, that was the first song I could say that I honestly gravitated towards. And I just felt like I felt something, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and then from there, it's crazy because now as I think about it, Moms was really the one that kind of put me onto a lot of stuff. Even she got me the first, my first Busta Rhymes albums. What? I don't know for what reason why she thought Busta Rhymes was a particular person that I should dig uh-huh. into first. Man, but she would give me all dope. the Busta Rhymes albums. It would never be an issue about you know, content. I know what I wasn't supposed to say in the house. Right, So, right, you know, right. it, it never was like... But see, that's a crash course. <laughs> that's, I mean, man, like, for, for moms to be like, yeah. here's this, like, complicated, you know, like, really, like, style, you know, like, yeah. dope, dope progressive at the time, you know? Even though Busta Rhymes just did some Mexican or something on the internet, and Mexicans are supposed to hate Busta oh, Rhymes. Wow. I'm going to take a side pass. I'm going to suspend time. <laughs> I'm going to suspend the fact that I'm not supposed to like Busta Rhymes anymore right now because Mexicans are like trying to kill him right now. Jeez. But Oh, yeah, for real. But, uh, you oh, know, the internet dear. age. But I'm going to go back to my... I, I love Busta Rhymes and Leaders of the Before we knew too much. Yeah, for sure. Before the internet. <laughs> but, man, you know what? That's 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 amazing. And and what, where was where was the moment where... You said, you know, obviously you had a musical family. When was the moment where, where, when you admitted to yourself... Or to your family or to mm-hmm. anybody that you wanted to make hip hop. Like, when did you like figure it out for yourself that you wanted to try? What a, the, the, in the, any form? Like, what was right. your first form of, of hip hop? Poetry. Okay. Honestly, so, uh, you know, um, I mean, it was probably more manly at the time to call it spoken word. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> at the time, you know, the homies was not trying to disclose the fact that they were working on poetry. But right, right, that right. was something that kind of, you know, I transitioned from learning about all the different styles of poems, whether it be haikus or, you know, um, just different structures. And what I didn't know was I was laying the foundation down for my 16 bars. Right, right. Um, right. So I would just really be into that stuff. I was really into English. I used to always listen up in there. I hated math. I knew that for a fact, but I loved English. And so I would sit there and just, I mean, I would mess with the structure, but I had no idea I would be making music. Not until I heard Outkast, not until I heard Andre 2000. And I heard for the first time, um, in my experience, somebody that was literally talking to me the same way that I would talk in a conversation. And I was like, oh, you could do that. Because everybody that I heard before had sort of a 
you know, quote unquote rapper voice or a, right, a certain right. presence that said I'm in the act of rapping. And when I heard uh, Three Stacks, it was just like, I'm talking to you. He's talking about stories that, you know, are not across the board, you know, cliche stories like him and his his cousins sneaking up to watch you know, Playboy at night and, and you know, right. try not to get caught. And I'm like, yo, that's me and my cousin, try not to get caught. Like, you know what I mean? But that kind of, st- hearing those kind of stories, uh, it made me say, you know what, I this is this is a, a field that I, I've, I've grown passionate about, something that I love and something I can also have a voice in. And you got to understand for me, like, bro, I've never, in the early stages, I was not trying to be out in front of nobody. Like, I was shy. I was the the... The dude that was not speaking in the front of the class. So I had a lot of thoughts. I had a lot of things that I had, a, a lot of ideas that I wanted to get out there. And this became the, uh, the the perfect the perfect vehicle for me to do that. Right. And that, and that, it's called Three Stories? Or Three... What's the name of that song? Uh, no, no, no. Three Stacks. Also three Stacks. Uh, three, uh, 3, and that's an Outcast yeah. song from an early Outcast what, album? No, 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 no. What song is that? What song is off the... It's, it's off of Outcast. I want to say it's off of uh, Aquamanai. Well, you know what? Let's Let's put... The, the the listener, let's put them in that mind state of what you know. what I'm saying that sounds like. Let's hear that song. We're okay. about to hear that song by Outcast right now. Curtis King is our guest. You know what I'm saying hey. the Two Max Hologram Podcast. We're about to go inside the mind of Curtis King and and get and get a man. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like or the influences that we have. Like right. here you here you on the show get to hear the early influences of Curtis King. Check this out. Front to back street, listen, we on a mission to get right. Working street corner in the midnight, picture the scene. These fiends with five, ten dollar dream scheme. Four stack of that, believe that. I'm with whatever, like we straw. Stuck serving my cocaine raw. Drop 62 off the brick. Jump back 20 over, now that more money to get. Slick, we finna lick on the corner without getting caught. But time, keep us slipping the money getting shot. Plus that crooked cop rock, think we blow slanging. That's why he ride through the hole with the door swinging. But I make moves, shake them tricks about their shoestrings. Be more precise when we do things. Cause life like shaking the dice, but I buck back twice like five dudes, four trade. Okay, that's okay. dirty, dirty. Go represent it to the TED top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money and the sweet spot. And forever holler. Who we see, cops. Strippers dressing dirty, dirty. Go represent it to the TED top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money and the sweet spot. And forever holler. Who we see, cops. Cops and robbers, niggas be bound to get them dollars and cents. They get in the slump like baseball players when they shot on their rent. Anything going, you ain't knowing how much money you spent. But in the real world, you're surrounded by these ladies and chicks who hang around you because you be buying all the weed and all the chicken. Being everybody smoking them out when you broke, though they was missing. Now you rhyme by four deep, starting to tell your suspension. And your baby mom on child support, my fault, forgot to mention. You don't even have a checking account when thinking about no pension. I used to work at Steak and L.O. Gold off in the kitchen. Had determination and graduating, I got the whole rap world fascinated. I wanted a piece of the pie for me and my family so i made it continue to sell dope it's paying the bill so you gonna do it but legislation got this new policy three strikes and you're ruined now where your crew went yeah yeah Dressing dirty, dirty, gon' represent it to the TED top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money in the sweet spot. And forever holler. Only see cops. Dressing dirty, dirty, gon' represent it to the TED top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money in the sweet spot. And forever holler. Only see cops. Hey, me and 
and my buddy on the cut, and they know we serving them slaps. We better watch what we doing and look out for your name. And quit reading up and standing on this same old block. Before our gangsta ass partner get both of us shot. Niggas talking cause they making some flow. But still ain't did nothing that ain't been done before. You can't be trying to showcase, just put it down for your spot. And improvise and work with that little you got. So I think when I finish selling my last sack, I'm gonna take some of this money and go and give some back. Cause people won't forget about the time you gave. Know what I'm saying? And start thinking about a path to pay. I'm famous, dressing dirty, dirty. Go represent it to the top. Born and bred up on the street top. Get to the money in the street spot. And forever holler. I'm dressing dirty, dirty, gon' represent it to the ten top. Born and bred up on the street top, get to the money in the sweet spot. And forever holler when we see cops. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off the story, but that's 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 a that's a so then so so you take you know that song that was like the moment that mm-hmm. you kind of were like I need to start you know making you so you were doing spoken word were you doing the because you know there's so many kinds you know spoken word right I, I grew up uh, I was exposed to like the Watts prophets and the Last Poets gotcha. on that I was I I got exposed to Black Power like that East Coast kind of like you know what I mean like Public Enemy and all that like right. X Clan and Poor Righteous Teachers and I was always like looking for where's the Mexican dude coming with the pride pride right. but but when it comes to spoken words you know there was always you know there was that that like that kind of real bohemian like mm-hmm. we're inside the walls my <laughs> mind calls you know, what? You know yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about and it wasn't you know okay. i know exactly what you're yeah, talking there, about because there was so many different styles of that you know like it was but honestly it, i think my first my first attempt at spoken word came because of a girl that i had a huge crush on and i didn't have the words to get at her okay and i was i was completely nerve-wracked anytime i got around her um and this was probably like in, I mean, it's was, it was somewhat a crush that went from like elementary to middle school. And, you know, uh, I would just write the stuff that I wanted to say to her on a Monday. Like on a, on a Saturday, I'd write down the stuff that I want to say to her on a Monday. And then Monday come around, I wouldn't deliver it. I wouldn't say it. I would just like, you know, same thing you do when you shy or whatever. Oh, yeah. but, um, but it's crazy, too, because even even you talking about, you know, the uh, the Black Panthers and and you know, on my pop side, he really was was the one that enlightened me about a lot of that. You know, um, just just the history and, and all of that stuff. I was I was I was literally a mess, bro. Like I was a mess because I knew too much about too many different things. So it's like when you give a kid too much knowledge and he, had, he doesn't oh, yeah. have a direction. Yeah, you get you get overwhelmed and paranoid, oh, and you know what I'm saying. Paranoid, like, but even like sure. when you want to spew things out and you talking to folks, you know, you talking to folks that are your age and they haven't been exposed to it. They looking at you like you, you know, you you this crazy person or you just a old soul. So. Um, I think all of that stuff kind of because if anybody has access to my older music, which you know, I, I I'm not trying to push that out there and expose it, but I think it's very important to understand. If you do get access to the very very early one, you'll see sort of a gumbo pot of everything because it was like, yo, here I am with this 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 vehicle to express myself, but 
Man, I don't know where to start first. I just want to so say you're just everything. Taking, yeah, well, like all of us, you're just taking in on your influences. You yeah, know what I mean? You gotta, yeah. you know what I mean? You gotta find yourself. You know what I mean? Like right. everybody's early work. I, it's it's only natural to be kind of like, you know, I wouldn't even say embarrassed of your early work because there's nothing to be embarrassed about. Right. But it's but it's when when you're when you're really a true artist, that's about growth. Of course, you're gonna look at your early work and be like, ah, oh, I'm not really trying to blow it out because <laughs> I'm so much more, you know farther ahead we just had yeah. Kiku here from Visionaries and we were talking about his first single and he was like you know I had a song called Boom Boom you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know and he said that by the time by the time he was already let's say a year or two after that came out uh-huh. and he was like passing it out to people he was already like man I'm beyond this already like yeah. you know you have he's sometimes you have a trip transition yeah. from there yeah. he's already like grew out of it so you know but see you, yeah. you, not even to cut you off but like I, I know what you're talking about I know you're talking about in terms of just like technical skill even just ideas you weren't fully grasping for me i literally was influenced by like i said the the from buster rhymes to the digable planets to andre 3000 so here i am out here trying to sing and i've never learned how to sing a note i'm out here trying to do funk songs because of my cameo influence i'm up here trying to talk oh wow, you know uh, uh uh you know black righteousness and then on top of that trying to do you know these love songs and it's like i had no no point of context you know what I mean? Even the people that I looked up to, I would listen to them and I would I would be, you know, inspired by them. But it was like, that's dope. That's not quite what I what I want to do yet. You know what right, I mean? That's right, not right, quite right. what I want to do. I have an, I have a vision, and I don't think until you know the the last honestly like the last six or seven years have I really been able to put that into you know. Uh, and this is a lifelong journey we're talking about. You know, but even my early work, like I said, my early work, I got funk songs where I'm talking about. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. I was talking about being on the elevator and, you know, trying to make symbolism out of the symbolic songs. It was just right. terrible. Were you, finding your, <laughs> nah, you're just finding yourself. You know what I mean? Absolutely, like you, yeah. You're finding yourself. And then, well, so so you started, you know, doing poetry, started, started you know, rhyming and stuff. When, right. What was the first piece of equipment? Because you know, what was the first piece of hardware that you, that you ever got <laughs> equipment-wise? PlayStation 1. You started making beats on yeah. a PlayStation One. Yeah. Oh, because I know I know people that made beats on a Game Boy. Right. Right. So, oh, they, yeah. so you, you started making beats. How does that process work? I mean, well, you got to think for for when I started making beats, I was probably about sixteen, seventeen. So I, at the time, I wasn't working a job. I was still in high school, and you know, I started rapping at seventeen. And so when I was in my search to look for production, the only cast that had production was the dudes that had hardware. You know what I mean? Or had you know, uh, the, the capability. So I hit him up and be like, yo, you know, you know, how much do your beats cost? No one, I couldn't afford it, but I just asked him. And they'd be like, oh, yes, it's uh, $300 for this and $400. I'm like, the hell I am. I ain't want to pay for that. I don't have it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, my first my first opportunity was like, okay, well, I can, I can rap over these beats. There was a website at the time called mp3.com. Right. And it was like the first of its kind where you literally could upload almost like a pre-sound click where you could upload all your music and other producers will upload their tag instrumentals and allow you to download them. So I would rap over all of these, but then it was like, uh, I still, it doesn't feel original. And there was so many ideas I wanted to get down. So then I already had a PlayStation because I was a 16, 17-year-old. And I went to GameStop, or not even GameStop, what was it called? Like Electronic Boutique or something like that. And I went in and I saw this thing that said, you know, uh, make your own production from, from, you know, from home. And for a kid, I was like getting into music. That was like a calling. So it's almost like, you know, when you look at a movie and they have like a, a aura around or something, you know what right, I mean? Right, and, you right. know, that, that was that moment for me. So that, I, I, I got it with like my birthday money or my Christmas money. And I sat there in front of that, that TV and I just... I try to teach myself every 
bitten piece of it. I was like, okay, how can I get this to sound like this? And mind you, all of those sounds on that program were not meant for hip hop. Right, right. They there were 8-bit, like right? Or, not or even 8-bit. No. Nah, this is not even 8-bit because we talking about when Tomb Raider's out. We talking, you know, it, it's, it's, not, it's not quite as, uh, you know, as far back as the Game Boy, but we yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. at least the sounds are sounding completely cheesy, but it's, right. it's house and it's like techno and, and it gave me a different appreciation for it because I had to start off with that and try to figure out how to make this this genre that I fell in love with, which was, you know, hip hop. That was my baby. Like, how do I create this with these instruments that I have? Right. And um, I think that's that, that's sort of the, um, the root of what got me to where I am now. Why do I sound the way I sound? Because I sat there on that PlayStation and you know, I have to wait till nobody was at home to jack the TV up to you know right, thirty right. on the zenith, right. and, and and was just trying to trying to just get these ideas off. And and I mean, literally, bro, I couldn't even like, <laughs> I couldn't even uh, transfer the beats over from my PlayStation to my computer. I had to use this little Radio Shack microphone that I was recording on, put it up to the television speaker, turn it oh, up to 30. And take take it from there. And take like a version of that. Oh, my God. With and no bass? No bass, bro. Yeah, oh, it's no, terrible. Especially when you're trying to show the homie and it's like, yo, you trying to get on this with me? And he's like, it's cool, man. It, it, just, just, don't, it, just, it don't hit. It don't hit. It don't hit. Or his favorite uh, adjective or verb was uh, it's too video gamey. To his favorite right. adjective it was a two video right. game, and I'm like, "Well, it's a video game." No, but, but that's amazing, though, that you took that—that <laughs> that you took that—that that was your origins, you know. Whereas some people have more hardware, or some people get, you know, what I'm saying, like man. that you took it from the PlayStation, and 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 that began. That was your origins. That, that's kind of dope, man. Like, yeah. I think that's really, I, I, and the fact that you're, you know, you took something like that, and where there there really was no like. I mean, it wasn't popular to be making beats off the place. Oh, no. You know what I'm saying? It, was, it wasn't it like was almost embarrassing during that era. During yeah. that era, it wasn't that even you know that era that you're talking about now. So, right. so I got I got a question. So that, that that's really crazy. Um, I got I got a question. When did you make the first song that you actually were mad proud of? That you were just oh. like, I'm like, besides like, because you, the first right. songs you make, of course you're proud of them because you're, you're so geeked out. Right. <laughs> most, most rappers, their first songs are just incredibly long verses because you're That's so into getting your rocks off <laughs> that you're just like going on and on. You, you ain't got concepts of song structure all yeah. the time. And all. So when was the first time you made a song that you were like, man, I'm on my, I'm on my way. Like, oh, you know what man. I mean? You're it, like, it was, o- it was over the, esp- the uh, respiration remix. Most Def? Uh, Most Def, yeah. Oh, it was over okay. that instrumental. And I made a song called Hit Me Again. And I was supposed to be, because I was delivering these bars, mm-hmm. I was supposed to be a bartender. Right? Oh, so okay, the concept okay. was, I mean, it's terrible in retrospect. But at the no, time, man. I was like, no. I'm, I'm delivering these bars and I'm a bartender. So it was like, the hook was like, <laughs> bartender, won't you hit me again? Hit me again. And then when soon as somebody heard it, a friend of mine, it was like, that's kind of catchy. I was like, I got a hit on my hands. Hey, and on the real, hey, no, no, but you know what though? You have hits though. I mean, like they, they underground hits. You got hits though. You, you know what? One thing I will notice from, from what I have listened to your music right. is that you're really good at choruses. Actually, you're Thank really you, good at like Thank you got. You went from you know your your song structuring is actually one of the better song structuring guys out there on the on the underground scene because oh, you wow. actually craft songs very well. So to hear you know some of these origin. Source is dope because you actually craft songs very, very well. I, I, I got another question, and, and let me know 
Well, I don't want to jump cut or anything, but when, when did you first meet Yokozuna? Because, see, I, I was exposed <laughs> to you very late. We're going to get right. into Merce and, and, and some touring and, and, and getting some exposure. Because for me, I kind of like somebody was just, when did you meet Yokozuna? Man? When I met Noah James. Um, I met Noah James in 2009. Um, I, was all, I spent most of my time, like I, I lived out in Carson. Most of my life I spent in L.A. And then 2009... Uh, I moved out here with my moms, and, um, you know, I didn't know anybody in the, in the Inland Empire where, I, where I'm at now. Like, I didn't know anybody. And um, he he had a, a venue. He still has the same, same, same venue, uh, the Common Ground at the Vibe in Riverside, right? And so I see a MySpace uh, flyer go up about a beat battle. MySpace? Oh, yeah, that's what's up. Shout out <laughs> that's to MySpace. That's how far back we go. Yep. I see a MySpace flyer, and I hit him in a DM, or in the inbox, like, yo, man, you got any openings? And he's like, yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I'll sign you up. Just bring 10 bucks. So that was, like, my introduction <laughs> to that's him. Right. And honestly, when I went up there, you know, it was the first opportunity I had um, <clears throat> to, to, to really have a voice because, honestly, I out— I have been so used to being out here to where you got many different scenes when it comes to L.A., especially even in, in underground hip hop. You got many different scenes. And the scene that I was in was so doggy dog that it was like it either was no fans there or it was just people that was just like, like, for lack of a better term, dick measuring in the, in, in the scene. You know what I right, mean? Right, it wasn't right. folks there that was genuinely there for the music. So to me, for me to go out there to Riverside and experience something that. You know, I would I would really only see if I went to somebody that was more of a premier artist, like a, like, like you or or, or a, a Murs out here. I saw it out there in Riverside, and I'm like, okay, what well, is an opportunity to actually build a real fan base? And um, seeing it, you know, it was 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 enough for me to just kind of get get hooked in, into what was going on. And I asked him, I said, you know, bro, how can I be a part of this? You know, what what can I contribute? What can I do to be a part of this? Because I really believe in what you got going. And he said, man, just just show up and 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 make sure that you you putting in as much as you're trying to take out, you know, and um just build with us. That's what he, he told me. And ever since then, I've been building with him. And, you know, this dude ended up becoming, you know, uh, extended family. That's my brother. And we went on our first tour together on that Merge tour and um, seen a lot of things, man. Uh, but that's that's kind of how that came together. That's what's up, man. He's, a, he's another talented Talented, talented. In fact, Pterodactyl Jones. That's, that's, oh man! Like we, we let's get into some Pterodactyl Jones. Hey. Which which cut out of all? Like you got one cut. Let's do shimmy shimmy y'all. Shimmy shimmy y'all. Pterodactyl hey. Jones, man. You you can thank me later in the streets. <laughs> you can thank me later in the streets for for putting you up. For those that don't know, if you know, if you're smart enough and you really hip hop and you know Curtis King, then then you you're already you're happy already. But if you don't know, man, th this is some dope shit. Yo, Pterodactyl Jones. Rolling down a block with the system on slow. They told me, wait, but bitch, I'm out here on the road. Look at here, I think I came up on some gold. So shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now. Every day I ride out and get it by niggas post All about they personal business I do most I don't need no props but I get it That's fucking dope But way back when I made a decision I want that dope So, so what you need a better got it Or I know somebody I'll be back Candy ass rappers Why y'all want me on your party raps But fuck that buddy back 
I'm Cactus Jack. Show the show, I show my ass, and then I show the link. The show you get a stiff arm to the throat for trying to slow a king. Pterodactyl Jones, Pterodactyl Jones. Say that shit like Bloody Mary, y'all get buried in your home. Rolling down a block with the system on slow. They told me, wait, but bitch, I'm out here on the road. Look at here, I think I came up on some gold. So shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now. I grind with honor. My mind is karma. Hit with marijuana. Got this girl karma. Let me tell you what she did for a nigga. Put me on tour with Merce and my niggas. We did it. We finished. No limit. Grassroots DIY. Hearts in it. No gimmicks. Back by strong women. Can't be black bar or blacklist. Give this crap shit some black lips. What's so in it? Reaching the star of the fathers. We escaped the carpets. Gave your bars with hardship. Never gave you garbage. It's the flat top and flat guy. We gotta fly. We pterodactyl. Babe Ruth and Mickey Mad on them basic orders. We gotta handle. Rolling down a block with the system on slow. They told me, wait, but bitch, I'm out here on the road. Look at here, I think I came up on some gold. So shimmy, shimmy, yeah. Give it to me now, and we say shimmy. Yo, we're back to my Telegram podcast. Curtis King is our guest. Um, wh- one thing I want to know also too, because because when I started hearing, me personally, when I started hearing the buzz from you, I had my people from IE, you know, right. like my boy Verbal and Sully, and yeah. people were starting to hit me and stuff. I was hanging out in I still hang out in you know, a lot. And uh, um, one thing, uh, you know, it was always kind of like this connection. How did you uh, meet Merce? Like, did Merce, because, you know, for a minute, I I don't know, you know, the logistics of things, but, like, were you on his label? Were you his artist? Or he was like, yeah, I just wanted to, like, obviously he just liked, you guys just liked each other's music, right? And just kind of, like, built on some stuff? Or honestly, what was the origins of, at least, of of how you met him? How I met, well, I met Merce because Noah James was doing his campaign for paid dues a year before I did mine. I remember that. I remember okay, that. so he was doing his campaign, I believe, in 2010. To get, so, to get an opening slot on paid dues. To get an opening slot on paid, paid dues, dues yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, Noah wanted to pull up on MERS at he had an album signing for, I believe, the project he did with Terrence Martin. Um, I think it was called Melrose. And so they had an album signing um, at one of the boutique stores off Sunset. Or, uh, and, and, we, you know, we pulled up. I had never met MERS. And, um, you know, Noah, you know, I guess had already had conversation with him because he was seeing the buzz from his campaign. And the first thing he told me, he's like, oh, Curtis King, heard a lot about you. Here's my email, send beats. I was like, oh. Right off the top? <laughs> off the top. Right I was top, like, yeah. oh, okay. But uh, it's crazy, too, because, like, even the 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 year that Noah was on paid dues, I, I hadn't really had too many words with MERS. And I was like, man, I don't know if this dude liked me. I don't know if, if I wrote him the wrong way or whatever, you know, just right. being you know, young and excited to be around folks that I look up to, but, um... Well, Merce is bipolar. Yeah. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I, well, I we, know Merce is out there, too. I can say that. Don't get mad at shit. Uh, Merce is bipolar as hell. We, we've, seen, we've seen some of it. We've seen some of it on tour. We've been on oh, tour with sure, him. I, sure. I, I, I love him. I love him like... Oh, man, like, Merce like my, is awesome. Dude. I love him like my crazy uncle, but, hey, you know, man, but... He's bipolar, <laughs> homie. One time he didn't talk to me for, like, two years, and then he uh-huh. just came to my door with a with a pair of 
uh, Mr. Cartoon Cortez. Like, I'm sorry, G. Here's a pair of shoes. Like, I love Murph. Homie. Gotta, that's, how, that's how dope he is. You just got to understand. Like, we learned very early, do not eat that man's peanut butter and jelly oh, on man. his rider. Do not eat that man's peanut butter and for jelly. Sure. I'm telling that for anybody who has the opportunity to tour with him. Do not man. eat his peanut butter and jelly. But it's cool because, you know, like I said, at first I didn't. It's almost like trying to trying to check a temperature on somebody. Like you don't right, know right, if they right. if they if they vibing with you or whatever. And you know, come to, come more time passes by. I remember I asked him about possibly working on a project together. Um, you know, uh, just be producing for him. And he was kind of like uh, kind of lukewarm to the idea. And then out of nowhere, he was like, "Yo, you got any trap beats?" I was like, "Yeah." But over time, man, we just built a good relationship. And it, but it happened right. off the strength of just me just. Not taking things personal and just continuing to follow up and you know showing up even like for when I when I, I campaign for paid dues, he hit up Noah and was like, uh, I know your boys campaigning. I got a show out here in Bakersfield. Um, Y'all can have the opening slot. You know if he's really about you know this campaign. Your campaign was great, by the way. Thank in fact, you, that's man. now you're bringing me back to like my first. Ex from me personally, my first right. exposure to you, people were sending me videos and, and do you had a, I mean, didn't you, did you not make a hundred videos or something like that? I talked to a hundred people on yes, video. Yes, I remember yeah. that. That was, I thought, I mean, there's been some great campaigns right. for pay dues, <laughs> like Reverie and First Absolutely. first Dirt got pay dues tatted on his neck. Yeah, you, know what crazy. Saying? Yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so, but you know what? I remember you're, you had a, Break, you, did you I, I think of that? You think that you thought of to make a hundred videos? Um, you know what's crazy is that a lot of my background comes from marketing. So you know, I, it sounds like it, man. It sounds yeah. like you like some of the conversations where you're you're telling me about you and Noah about building. I'm like, right. man, like who at your age? I don't even know what age you are at this time. <laughs> I'm like, who thought like that? It was like on man. the ball. You represent a, a, a good way of thinking, man. Because a lot of us and that in our early twenties, right. we just we were just rapping or whatever. But yeah. it's like the, to think like. Those 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 career you know thinking of your career in that way it's 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 a it's a good thing you know what I mean yeah I, so yeah I can say it ain't all it hasn't always been like that but at the same sure. time it, it's been a situation where it's like yo know, we can be the ones that get out here and get it and then don't know what to do with it or to be the ones that get out here and get it and know what to expect and be prepared for it so that was like always my mentality was like even if I don't have the answers I'm gonna find somebody that you know, at least can get me closer from point A to point B. Right. So even like the idea of the whole, uh, you know, um, 100 people talking on a campaign. So basically, I, there's an idea of speaking to 100 people and them giving the reason why I should be on paid dues. Because right. I can tweet it all day, I can say it, but it's like if the people don't show up, what's the point? That's not even good business for nah, paid dues. It's a brilliant idea. Because you had people, you had people from family to fans oh, and friends. You had some celebrities, yeah. right? You, it, was, it was like a dope, it was a dope idea. Man, you, but you know what? Shout out to my boy from um, from Canada too because I met him in a marketing class. I went to uh, OCC for a few, uh, a few semesters, uh, Orange Coast College, and I just took their marketing courses. I was supposed to go there for music and end up taking marketing courses and it changed my life. But a dude that I met, he actually lives in um, uh, Vancouver, and uh -huh. uh, me and him were just Skyping. He was like, I want to see you on this stage, and I want to offer whatever. Because usually he, he, he consults corporations, but he was like, I see you on the stage. And he was like, let me offer whatever I can offer. So one of the ideas that he offered was that one, and he was just like, go and execute it, you know? And he's like, I tell people advice all the time, but they the problem is that, you know, I'm, it's, as I'm sure the same thing with you, is that you probably bless so many young heads with, with advice 
And, you know, 85 to 90 percent of them be like, yeah, 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 for sure. I'm going to do that and quit when the shit gets hard. But it was like, nah, like, I, sure I, I want this. Like, I literally want this. And I, I see like I'm seeing it through. And so that was among the ideas like, you know, we campaigned for about 96 straight days. And, you know, it was everything from getting off the Internet and, 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 and hitting up my barber shops in the area and hitting up the uh, mom and pop hip hop stores like GCS and, and just really just making sure we go in there and make our presence felt and then hitting the Internet as well. So um, and it's crazy because I, I think that was the first that was our first contact. I don't know if you remember. It was at a, a House of Blues show. I want to say. Oh yeah, it was a it was a pre pre party for uh, yeah, Pay Dues. Yeah, Mercy me up to host it and stuff. And that and you guys were out. But I, like, like I said, your campaign, my IE folks were were like, yo, there's this cat, Curtis King, buzzing. Yo, his music is fresh. And, and then I seen a video. I think I seen you had already had some videos. And right. so you had to. And then I was like, who's this dude with the big daddy came flat top? <laughs> like, because you were, I was like seeing you as a young kid. And I was like, right. who's this kid with the with the big daddy came flat top? You're honoring hip hop. Yeah. And you, I was, and then dude, your music was fresh. It's always been. And, I, and your performances are just like, you know, I, I've seen you. We've been in little clubs with 50 people. Right. We've, we've stood in front of, uh, couple hundred people that were all over the age of 45 and 50 right, right. and you you can win you know the true thing you know i've seen you win over crowds from all white crowds all mexican crowds yeah. underground hip-hop crowds i've seen you at turn-up events i've seen you on flossy like sunset you know <laughs> you know things you know like things yeah. that are more like you know and i've seen you rock older people so it's like you know that's you know, true talent stands out. So, so I really like I trip on it, and and thank you. Man. And you're and, and at that point, so so at the point, so you got paid dues, and then you kind of like merch. You know, like I said, whether whether or not you were his artist or not, or on his label or not, right. things I don't know about. Because I wasn't even on his at, at that point. Like even right. I, I've never been an artist on his label. Uh, Pterodactyl Jones was the first, you know, any kind of connection to Merz's label. We we released that project as a group, Noah James and I, under, um, you know, uh, the 316 label, but I have never been his artist. It's really just been a mutual respect and, and you know, him reaching out to me on a production end and just really looking out for me and in, in any opportunities that he gets. So it's crazy. I, I think people, a lot of people have that misconception that I was one of his artists, but it's like... I kind of did. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's not a bad thing. I just, I know that he was like, he was, you know, you could just see like, but I think you went on tour with him, right? Yeah, and stuff well, like that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, he's just you know, you know, Merce is always like, you know, from people like Reverie and Culture Dills right. and all kind of cats. Like, you know, Merce is always like, you know. I guess it's just you know it's like with me too man like sometimes when I I, I click up with cats that I that I like their music and and I hang out with them and maybe get some songs done and right. throw them on some shows I'm just always trying to like do I know what it's like to like get, catch a break I guess like when you catch man. somebody puts you on that like that one show that even if you're not getting paid a lot or whatever it's just like mm -hmm. you're like man I rocked I rocked the House of Blues you like got, I, and, and it gives you, got you confidence real fans but I'm, yeah. I, the thing is the thing that y'all the thing that 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 makes us really look up to y'all. And and that really makes us look up to is that y'all have authentic fans. It's not it's not friend fans. It's not I went to high school with a bunch of people and I was you know popular there and they're kind of half supporting my music and kind of have you have actual fans who would you know tattoo your logo oh, yeah. or tattoo all like right. that kind of thing to me is more important than you know having you know fucking Facebook likes and Twitter retweets like that shit means nothing to me if you right. can't get people. 
to have a certain effect. Same way that I felt when I had that diggable planet, same way when I felt when I got that outcast. If I'm not giving somebody that feeling, then I feel like, you know, and, and that's where, where, where sometimes too, I, I can, you know, I've had sort of my, uh, you know, sort of clashes, even with being an artist within the underground, just some of the mentality sometimes too of like a lot of my peers, more so from my generation who, you know, um, they, 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 they don't understand an artist like me. You know, they look at me like like I'm some kind of a sellout or, a, you know, I'm supposed to be this kind of artist or I'm this. And at the end of the right. day, like I'm literally a human being that loves music and that wants the opportunity to be heard. But, you know, um, that's the thing I can say that we definitely always look up to y'all is that when we have the opportunity, you know, even this, even to be able to be here on this platform is dope because I know that there's people who are passionate about music and passionate about music that makes them feel something that are listening. Right. You know, right. and a lot of these cats out here who who got a quote unquote well, fan base got 90% of them don't like them and wouldn't kick it with them. Right, right. They just they just the, the talk of the the, the 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 you know the time. Well, you brought up you know you're bringing up and I appreciate those kind words, brother. You're bringing up a something that we've talked about in the streets just hanging out outside in the streets like in Pomona right. just being in front of like the Fox Theater or something. We've had these conversations where we're like I've always, you know yourself and Noah and cats have come up and talked to me about, you know, like, you know, how do we crack the system right here that's popping right now? And, I, and like, I've been, and I've been, and, and I've been real, like, I've been p pretty puzzled, you know, uh, or my advice has always been now in the last five years has been like, man, it's so much harder now yeah. for talent to shine through because of two reasons why. One is the incredible influx of talent because mm. everybody, like, Hip-hop, like I said on my song, Friday Rich, you know, like, you work hard all week and all that life's a bitch, so when Friday comes, you become Friday Rich, and all this bullshit music that you seek becomes a new fantasy, you know, like, we, you know, everybody, not, not next to being an actor or a ball player, everybody raps on this planet. Oh, so, 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 now it's so much different, you know, coming up in the mid-90s to right now because there's such an influx of music videos. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, there's bands that I follow that if I don't pay attention to them in six months, I miss like eight music videos and all yeah, kind of... I discourage you. Yeah, that. Like, for, for, for somebody to be a fan, like, like, yeah. like, like the, to, to, to come up on music the way that you have, I know the way that I have, is is there's certain artists that I have stopped listening to and not because the music is not quality, but because I, I can't catch up. And I feel, I don't know yeah. what that feeling is, and I can't explain it, and it's probably something that 10 years from now they'll have a name for. Right. But that influx of so much content, I, there's, there's a disconnection right, that, right. that occurs. Well, that's the thing, is that is the thing is that uh, nowadays, I mean, everywhere I go and every city I visit, I'm, like, overwhelmed by the talent. This is great right. talent, but then it becomes, like, how much can you listen to as a human, yeah. like, all day? You know what I'm saying? You're like, I literally have, you know, like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had King Magnetic from uh, Army of the Pharaohs, and, like, right. I'll keep it real, like, I never even heard of King Magnetic. His album was amazing, and I was like, right, right. man, how do I, how am I not up on on Cat? You know, and it's like, it's just a testament to, like, even if you're a real hardcore hip-hop fan, you know, we come from an age where, you know, like a diggable planet, a camp low, or this and that came right. out. You could pretty much almost stay, stay on top of things that, that were coming out and still have yeah. a life. And now it's like every Tuesday, 175 CDs are coming out oh, every man. Tuesday. Yeah. So it's, it becomes harder, you know, and when it comes to people like yourself and, 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 uh, 
you know, Noah James and all these quality artists, it becomes, uh, it, it's just so hard to like connect. The one good thing though, I will say is that the IE is popping. So I think the scene as a whole, like it sometimes it's like, it has to be the whole city as right. a whole has to like be buzzing for people to be like, IE, I love that the, to me, IE hip hop is starting to become very self-sufficient. Right. And right. very it's like, very needed you know, too. yeah. And, it, and, it, and it, because it used to be like, IE is only coming to look at what's cracking in LA or whatever. Yeah. Now LA <laughs> has to go out to the IE to go see some IE things. You know what I mean? Right. And, and I think, and to go back to that point, you know, we live in a world where attention spans are so short. And people don't even play whole songs. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're all, it's all a microwave popcorn mentality. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, so I, I, I feel like, you know, like an artist like yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like you need to, uh, I don't, you don't need to do anything, but like we need to like really rally behind dope artists, man, because, cause I think that there's not enough of that. Everybody raps, all their homies, they, they fucking do a couple of shows. Somebody's got a camera. They shoot seven music videos in a week. And that's a buzz. And now, well, that's a buzz. <laughs> that's a buzz. But now all of a sudden it's like, you just, you, you put yourself into the game of the world, but what are you really contributing? You know what I mean? Yeah. All you're doing is, all you're doing is stockpiling, but, but what are you doing? Are you really in that's, it's, I'll give you an example. It's a weird example, but I was at this Chalice Festival, the Bud Festival in the IE, okay. and there was about, I mean, there might have been totally there 10,000 people, but literally 4,000 were vendors. And oh, it was wow. like all the vendors, right? And I was looking at this, you know, the, the, right now the bud culture is like the Wild West, you know what I mean? Everybody's right. racing to get their extract, their, their edibles. And I was like, man, in three years... 80% of these companies won't exist. And it reminded me of hip hop because everybody's doing it, but in five years, 80% are gonna go away because they never yeah. were lifers. They weren't. And when yeah. I feel you, when I listen to music, when I hear you talk, when I see your movement and what you do, I know that you're a lifer. You you step into the world, you right. step into the world of like, um, good or bad, rich or poor, exposure or not, I'm a lifer at this, so might as well yeah, like hunker right. down. It's like hunker down and understand that I'm about to get into my career. And you know, you, you're that kind of artist to me and stuff. Thank you know, man. in fact, you know, what I'm saying from from a uh, from any any one of your records, whether it's a new this new record that oh man, my friends have been talking about that sick ass record. Do you, give me a song you wanna you wanna play, and we, we're gonna get into a song right now, just to you know get people's appetite wet. Let's get into. Into, um Let's get into I apologize. I apologize. Curtis King, this is, man, thank me later. This is the, the, the two next time I've podcast. We'll be back on second. When I look inside, deep inside your eyes, I don't want to see you cry. I apologize, my love. We know both that I got some ugly ways. We know both that I. Say some ugly things, my love You told me this morning you don't love me no more And I don't blame you, these days I don't love myself I don't know who I am and I don't know where I'm going I've been looking for work but no positions are open You said you understand that I'm chasing a dream And a backup plan ain't as bad as it seems But that's when I get madder than my dad is a teen And I start talking my shit like I knew you didn't believe You played me like a fool, I knew you wanted to leave why did I propose and never give you a ring? I didn't mean that Oh, girl, I didn't mean that I'm just insecure I'm the second to admit it, but you heard it before 
The third time's a charm, so you packing your clothes You can tell by all the noise we was lacking control See, these are raging waters, we don't swim no more When I look inside, deep inside your eyes I don't wanna see you cry I apologize, my love, we know both that I Got some ugly ways, we know both that I Say some ugly things, my love So here I am, arms crossed with my back to the door I know I overreacted and need to lower my voice The pain in your eyes like a plane in the sky That just caught flames and it's aiming for eye I called you out of name and I did it out of pride Even though you did the same, I should be a better guy They say it never rains in sunny California But this cold rain came pouring in the morning You and I gotta make a decision your son turned six and he don't need to see this shit People that he love, yelling and breaking dishes Man, that cycle's so vicious Let's get back to the love and our similar interests I'll be bitter on Twitter and start exchanging subliminals I'm sorry, I'm stupid, I'm prideful and new to this Regardless, I'm losing you whenever I'm pissed When I look inside, deep inside your eyes I don't wanna see you cry I apologize, my love, we know both that I Got some ugly ways, we know both that I Say some ugly things, my love Word up, yo, we're back So, so uh, with Curtis King as our guest, you know what I'm saying? We're really happy to have him in, in the studio with us right now in the house And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you was So did you, because, um, you know when you made this new record, this new one that you got, did you like take a break or were you, you know, did you take take a break to work on it? Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Did you need to clear your head or, or was it just kind of this? This is another thing that got like, were you in full like work mode where you're just like doing collab albums with Merce, you know, or Noah James, and you know, just you were like, was this just the next album on the plate to start right. knocking out, or did you like pull back a little bit and like? You I know can't what I'm even. I, to be honest with you, like. And I'm going to keep it completely real, especially on this show. Like, it, it wasn't it wasn't a music decision. It was a life decision first. First, it was a, it was a life decision. I had to get life in order. You know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy when, you know, you, you have, you know, fans of what you do and you're starting to gain fans of what you do and people who are very passionate about what you do. But, you know, and, and they see all the beautiful things that are happening, all the accomplishments from the paid dues. And then, you know, Monday morning rolls around and it's time to pay some bills or it's time to, sure. you know, it's time to when, when life really gets real or when you next to your significant other. And we trying to figure out, like, like, dude, how, where are we going to hide this vehicle so they don't come repo this shit? Like, that's what life was getting at. Right. So that was a big factor into it. Another factor, honestly, bro, I got burnt out. I got burnt out with uh, the scene. I got burnt out with my peers. I got burnt out with just the negativity and, 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 you know, I got burnt out because I feel like I saw it clear as day what the problem was within, you know, the different scenes. I'm not even talking about just IE. I'm talking about like just everywhere in terms of just quote unquote the underground uh, circuit because I had been so invested into it, you know, um, and these are many conversations that I've, I've had, man. Um, even like with the homie Chris, I've been having many conversations where it's like, I don't think people, I think people were just content with being uh, mediocre and they were okay with that. Even from the type of music that we're making, they were trying to be, 
you know, the, the best rapper and they want to be a, a better rapper than this next person over here. And meanwhile, you know, they're talking, they're at a show and, and we literally are sitting at shows where we're talking to other rappers. And the fans are gone. And the we're women not, and are our business gone. is straight, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not getting, we're man, under, yeah. we're under, and I, you know, we're undervaluing ourselves. And you know what I mean? We're working hard and breaking our backs to like, uh, because yeah, it's easy, it's easy in Cali, man, to, to be like, I'm just on the scene, I'm happy, I got shows. And then we're like, no, man, we, we need to survive. Cause, cause, cause uh, <laughs> I'll give you an example as a promoter, you know, and I won't name the artist, but it's like, it really, like, it's starting. It's starting to really drive me insane. It's driving me personally insane to open up for some social great artists. And then outside, hundreds of people are like, man, you blew homie out the water. And, and oh, I'd be like, man. and I'd be like, man, yeah. you know, I blew homie out the water for 300 bucks and homie made 12 G's. See, you know what I mean? See, and this, I was, this, and, 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 and that kind of thing, you know. As, as you much know. as I hate to hear that, this, this is the reason why I, I love talking to you. I love talking to a MERS. I love having these conversations with y'all because y'all make me feel like I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? To, to hear folks of legendary status say these type of things, it makes me feel like I'm not crazy because you look up and like you said, every day there's a new artist that pops up and there may be an opportunity with this new artist who had just started rapping two years ago, I end up opening up for him because he got a million views on, on this, this music video and this song that he got popping around the internet. And it's like... My mentality is not the type to where I'm like, you know, F him. Like, I'm, I'm the type to embrace and, you know, j just see, okay, what, what, even if there's a good business move to be made here, if I, if I mess with what he's doing, you know, but at the same time, it's just, I, I think that people, like you said, people got, they got content with being mediocre, being mediocre live, being mediocre recording, being mediocre with beat selection, being mediocre with the quality of the of the recording, being mediocre with the video editing of the of this shit. Yeah. And it became to the point where like this wasn't an art, you know, and, and if anybody ever questioned the art, they were like, well, I'm underground and I don't have the budget of this so-and-so record label. And it's like, that was never an excuse for the folks that came before us to come with these crazy creative ideas. Why are you now all of a sudden using this as a crutch? I'm an independent artist. I'm doing this all my own. Okay, well, that's even more reason for you to be getting all of these creative ideas that you're doing lyrically. That's even more reason for you to put that energy towards that or at least be surrounded with the people who can do that. You know what I mean? So right. honestly, between those are the two factors. Honestly, life had to get back on course um, financially. And then two, I just got burnt out because, you know, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm looking around at people who are they're angry about the wrong things and they're trying to rekindle a certain time period in this in this hip hop that we all love. You know what I mean? Right. But they're trying to rekindle it and they're trying to do it in the wrong way. I mean, I'm not saying I have all the right ways or the wrong ways, but they're doing it in a way that doesn't even make sense well, because it's like, where's the audience? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> well, that, I mean. That's what happened at some point in, in, in I guess, the underground or overground, whatever. Right. That's what happened at one point where at one – see, this is California. I'm going to break it down. Okay. We are 50 to 100 years of the children – even if our parents, like your dad directly, wasn't an actor or whatever. Right. We are – this is a whole city, this whole area, not just L.A. We are a whole town of – 
the children and the grandchildren of entertainment, of people that act, sing, do make music, care about the arts. So we are talking about a hundred years of people that are about the theater and the arts. So everybody, LA, the one thing that LA has is this I'm next mentality. Absolutely. And we have this crazy, it's not like uh, Kansas City where when Tech 9 came out, I use this as an example, Tech 9 literally had all this big crew and this big, all his people were like, we all about Tech 9. And when Tech 9 right, blows up, right. then you have the Chris Calicos and all these other cats that are there, but they rally around their cat. I mean, I remember seeing a Tech 9 at Rock the Bells where he rolled 60 deep and everybody talked beforehand and was like in the, in the correct color scheme of Tech oh, 9 wow. with the red and white and yeah. black. And everybody was like, he, so now he's got 60, you know, I did a show yesterday where, where my homie and my homegirl, uh, I have some little shirts. Right. And so they put on the shirts and it was like, oh, that's cool. You know, two of my friends supporting me with my shirt. <laughs> now imagine if we went 60 deep. Oh, man. You know, back back in the day, like Grim Image, we would press up a bunch of shirts and we would go to like Universal Studios 25 deep right. and everybody would wear a Grim Image shirt. And so you look like this presence. Man. And and one thing about And one thing about... The early, you know, the early stages of seeing you and Noah and, your, you know, like people like Speak and all your, and, you know, all your, your people, right, right. Your, you know, whether it's like your homies and your girl and everything, you guys would, there was a, there was a small time when you guys were rolling like a movement like that, you know what I mean? Like right, to show, you guys could come 30 deep to a show just without, you know, not even fans, it's just 30 deep, you know, like your, your crew and that becomes, right. I'm going to tell you something, as a dude that rolls solo, that becomes... That's even harder because it's hard to galvanize all these people because everybody's got their dreams. Right. Everybody, you know, I come from the blow, the project blows were like, I remember being, you know, 10 to 12 artists always rolling around. And when we would think like, well, we've got some money, what are we going to do? Like, whose song do we put out? And literally everybody can raise their hand and be like, what, me? Yeah. Me. And then so it becomes like, because everybody's talented in their own way. Right. And, uh, and and in fact, the Afterlife, my crew Afterlife, there was a time when we had some money. Um, we had Quincy, man, we had Quincy Jones and, and this dude Bob Ezra who produced Pink Floyd. Jesus. He gave us some cheese for like a publishing deal. Yeah. And he was like, which group do we put out? And it was like, you know, let's say there's seven groups in the crew. Right. Five of the groups wanted themselves. So they were like, me, me, me. Yeah. Then, then, then me, our group, we wanted bus driver because we were like, bus driver's next. Let's do bus driver. Right. And right. then the main dude wanted somebody else. So, so it was like, you know, it's hard because Cali has this I'm next mentality because we feel like that's why the audience is full of rappers because instead of them being appreciating what you're doing, yeah. they're actually in the crowd sitting there like, how can I be, how can I be the dude that's yeah, next? Man, and it's but, but it's hard, to, but it's hard. It's hard because <laughs> it's just the way it is because at some point, Curtis, we were those dudes in the audience like, this shit is dope, but how can I be, well, how am I going to well, get on stage? Can I ask you this? Can yeah. I, I know you, you've been asking the question, but I, I, I definitely want to soak up some game right now. Do you feel like now... There, do you think at that time it was more people around you that were of that where they wanted to be on stage, or do you think there were you were surrounded by more fans? Because I feel like now there, no, there used to be more fans, more, yeah, that's what I'm talking I'm, I'm not even get loud, right, <laughs> that, but, but that's that's what I'm talking about is that that factor, and I really do, and that's why, like, I like when I'm it's crazy because like I follow you on Instagram and I like low-key lurk sometimes when you have your post up there and you have you have the, these you know these uh these verses that you put up there yep. and and I can I see the reaction that women have 
to these verses because there, there, there's a there's a passionate connection to what you're saying, right? And the thing is, you have never forgotten about the importance of of the women. Oh and, yeah, and, for sure. And the thing is, I think a lot of my peers, I think a lot of folks, especially around my age group, have forgotten about that. And you know, they 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 wonder where all the fans are at. Well, I mean, I'm, you know. I, I remember, like, like my uncles would talk about they would go to certain hip hop shows because they knew women would the be women there. was gonna be there, right? Dude, <laughs> AWOL one, a hey, atmosphere, AWOL one, dude. There was a time when people were like, "I gotta go to a two man show." Have you seen how many girls go to that show? Come on, man. Gonna, so, oh no, you that is a great point because it is true, man. Like, love that that concept of love, that concept yeah. of man woman getting together, mm-hmm. that is the most important. Uh, reason that that's probably ninety percent of why you even started making art Man. was because you want you want to be you want to show value. You want to show value. You know what I mean? And, and they're the ones that buy point. T-shirts too. Yeah, they, they, they do. They buy CDs. Guys don't buy they, shit. Guys they don't, don't buy yeah. nothing. They, they, if they if, if they want to be you, they may right. buy a CD, but then go home and study that to see how they can outdo you. That's like a right, mentality right. of a lot of cats. And you know what what happens is when when those women who are actual fans. You know, because of them being women, and because you know, just just how the the uh, kind of the machoism sometimes right. of our genre can be. You know, it's funny because I, you know, I, I I've been dabbling in a lot of uh, like EDM, a lot of just just because I just I gravitate towards music. But I've been dabbling in that, and a lot of the DJs that I talk to that used to be hardcore hip hop, you know, DJs. I'm like, you know, what's 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 the difference over here? They said the drugs are better. And the money. The (laughs) The money is better. better. Well, not even just for them. I'm talking about about in terms of why did the women go there? They said the drugs are better. And, you know, it's not somebody screaming in their face, you know, oh, y'all don't fuck with real hip hop. And like they, they don't, they don't feel like they're being like chastised. chastised. Yeah. It doesn't feel well, like you know what I mean. It's so. amazing that you bring. It's amazing that you brought that point up because that's my. Nick, this is one thing I'm gonna put you, everybody up on game. <laughs> this is the one reason I've been. I be having conversations about rock the bells and pay dues and why there is no more rock the bells and pay dues. Won't get into the logistics of that. Mm-hmm. But one of the main reasons I have one of my business partners is a big EDM guy. And and we were talking about, you know, I throw a lot of concerts. Trust me, I'm about to be I'm about to be done throwing concerts. But but <laughs> but uh, one of the major reasons why a EDM show, you pay a hundred bucks and, or, you know, people are paying a hundred bucks or 50 bucks, 70 bucks mm-hmm. and why people are kind of not trying to pay a hundred bucks, 50 bucks to, to rap shows. It's because at the end of the day, no matter how good the songs are, mm-hmm. all you're doing is watching somebody pace back and forth. And we are now in the new cybernetics era. We are now in the new digital world where experiences, that's why EDMs are wrecking shit. Because you go to an EDM show, and whether you're on drugs or not, even if you're not on drugs, you feel like you're on drugs because now you're getting. We're in the right. world where fi- you're getting video mapping and and Man. you know you're getting lights and all An- this. Another crazy- great point you brought up, and, yeah. I, and I, I don't, not even to cut you off, oh, yeah. I'm gonna forget about it. I got some time. I got some money. Oh, we're good. When you said the fact that they're sitting there dancing, that was the other point that that DJ made. He said the drugs are better. I can remember the second reason, but he said the drugs are better, and he said you're not being chastised. And the third reason was that you could dance. Yeah, you know they could dance there, and it's like now. I don't know where where it went wrong where, you know, having a certain BPM or whatever, people look at that or using a certain style of hi-hats is selling out. Now, to me, it's just the most ridiculous concept of just 
these are instruments. These are these are these are fucking instruments that that we've been using for however long, and people have made their mind up, and and they they they've like squeezed what they think real hip hop is, and they keep shrinking and they keep shrinking it right. until it becomes this so personalized thing that that nobody can relate to it except for that one individual who's think who's thinking they're upholding. Well, you said the whole concept of, you know, dick measuring or whatever. Yeah. It's like, dude, it, that you're on point with that too. Because it's like, are you making music for yourself, for the world, for women, rappers. or for other rappers? <laughs> and, you know, when you're coming up, you know, as me being a dude that's all about lyrics and Absolutely, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You want to make a backpacker, let's say. You want to make music to make, just be like. Damn, that was like lyric. Hey, you don't want to pander. Incredible. You don't want to be Keith Sweat on, on, on yeah, lyricism. Yeah. You want to you want to have a balance. I understand. Like even for me, like I I do hold my lyrics in a very high standard, right. and, and and I'm all about lyricism. But at the same time, you know, I, there's a certain. It'll be like take music out of out of the picture. It'll be like if we were, you know, door to door salesmen. Some salesmen are going to have a better interaction with people based upon the way that they deliver things to people or the way that they present it to them or, you know, the way that maybe the cologne that they're wearing. These are all just presentation things. And there's a reason why people gravitate to you and, and, and what you have done over your time is because, one, I think it starts with the human being that you are. I think that that energy that you're putting out to people feels real. And I think that once they hear what comes out of your mouth, it's like... I'm already was sold before you even said anything. Now it's just like, yo, take my money. <laughs> well, I think that's well, and, I, and I, said, I think that's the thing about these artists is that, man, people ask me all the time, like, do who you know? Should I make a song with? Because I'm, I'm I'm not even gonna lie, man. I think I've in my hustle in right. my life of hustling. I fucked up because once the concept of like guest appearances kind of came, oh, you're paying me some money to fucking be on your record? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I got right. to a point where I've, I'm part of the problem because I was just taking money, making songs with whoever. And, and I think that's a big ass problem that I had and, and, and hip hop in general is that the one thing I tell all these fucking artists, I tell them, I don't give a fuck if you got Snoop on your album or you who co-signs you mm. or who. Dude, if you don't put the time in the studio, then it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. And, and, and I think because hip-hop is so easy, right now I could step up from my couch, walk into my, my roommate's closet and put on my headphones. He puts on a beat <laughs> and I could drop a 16 in three takes and walk back out here and continue this fucking interview. Mm. And because hip-hop is that easy, I think that's one of the major problems is that we can take it for granted because it's that simple. And and even yeah. performance-wise, that's that's what I feel as far as like I was telling you about this EDM thing where we're like, you know, people want to pay money to see hip hop, but but when it comes to like the reason it's not really cashing in, for some people it does, but mm -hmm. a lot of times it's like this underground shit is so stagnant because at the end of the day, it's just you're on a soapbox spitting, but people are so used to yeah. that. There's when you're when your nine-year-old cousin raps and everybody you went to high school raps, then it just loses its specialness. It loses value. And when, they're like, why, yeah. what, what makes you so different from and you know what? And, 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 like, and, and going back, I think I said this at the, on another episode a, a little while ago, like the Grouch, you know, shout out to the Grouch. He told me a long time ago, he was like, don't be in the crowd 
two max kicking it with everybody because I'm I'm just gonna be like that for the rest right. of my life. But but he's like, don't be in the crowd, man. Because if you like kick it and you just hang out with everybody, then you don't they don't feel special. You don't feel special mm, to them. And that. that's why you know artists hang out and don't talk to their fans that much or don't like they want to probably, but they don't they they don't want to connect like that because the right. more you're seen, the less value. And I am completely although I that's just the way I'm gonna be for the rest of my life because right. I'm a fan too. But it's just like that's I've, I feel that devaluation of hanging out with your fans. Like if you really kick it in the back, don't kick it and don't ever kick it with your fans. Just come out, rap, and then leave. Then they're always wanting more. Mm-hmm. And because I'm, very, you know, people like myself are personable. You're, you're very personable. I see you at shows, it chilling. Gets, like it gets I, me in trouble sometimes, though. Too, oh, for I, sure. What you're talking about is all hitting home right now. Yeah, because and so I feel like hip hop. You know, just to even to generalize a little bit. That that it does it has lost its luster because they're not paying attention to the motherfucking words mm-hmm. and because a lot of these cats aren't saying anything, ain't, they ain't saying monumental words. No, they're, you know, so <laughs> it's it like, very evident that they're not, <laughs> dude. And when you're coming out and when ten, you know, a hundred and fifty thousand rappers are kind of just spitting gibberish and nonsense, mm-hmm. then it's easy to devalue the whole culture because yeah. there's no policing it. There's no everybody from high school. You know, turning up, everybody's turning up right now. So there's this, and then there's that, and it's just, man, where's you know? I told No Can Do an MC that I think is amazing. No Can Do is an amazing dude. He's an amazing songwriter, freestyler. He's an amazing freestyler. And I remember when I first met No Can, and I was always telling him, I was like, man, you're a freestyle monster. You're a battle rapping monster. But until you make a song that will penetrate, like. You could make one song mm-hmm. that captures the people's hearts, and you could live for forty years off alone. one song. Right, right. But it's like it's all about making that one song that's yeah. gonna connect with people. And some people, and once you do that, you'll find yourself, whether it's big or small, you could have a career. You know, I'm a, I'm a person right. that I'm a person that I laugh. I just played a show yesterday, and kids were asking for a song. It's funny that for twenty years, kids have been asking for a song. I've had about. A hundred thousand kids asked me for a song that I sold three thousand copies of. That's I only crazy. pressed up, I only pressed up three thousand copies of right. this CD, and never sold any more than that. Right. But over the years, this one song can like. It can keep me like it could keep me my rent paid for the rest of my life. Yeah. And it's like yeah. this one two minute moment. And 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 it's not about the money thing, but I'm just saying, like, that that's the magic is what's important. Right. And so a lot of kids are just microwave popping their careers. They got videos, they got studios, they got beats, but they don't make the magic. Yeah. And, and that shoots them in the, it shoots them in the foot because they, they don't have the opportunity to to have have failures and I mean and have, have like uh, uh, like uh, what do you call it um, authentic failures well you gotta you have know? some challenges Got you gotta get booed dude you gotta get oh, booed man. you gotta rap hey man I've rapped in front of people where I'm fucking rapping my face off mm-hmm. and People are just walking by. They don't give a fuck. People oh, are talking man. louder. So it's like, I'm just saying, but that's what makes you, that's what makes you stronger. That's like, that's what makes I remember, you know, getting ignored and all this shit. And then I was like, fuck it. I'm going to jump in the crowd and physically bump into people and make them shut up. Right. And then, uh, then uh, you know what I mean? I remember rapping, opening up for the, uh, the, was it Raekwon? I think it was, no, it was the genius. 
in uh in the Detroit bar in Orange County mm-hmm. and the whole time I was rapping there was like six dudes like woo tang woo tang woo yeah. tang and I'm fucking busting yeah. and I, and I had to like <laughs> jump into the crowd and close my eyes and like walk into their private invade their space right. and bump into them woo tang to like break up that mm-hmm. and and you know these are the tricks that you know you got to learn how to like it's like being a stand up comedian you know you got to learn trial by fire well, and, but you see yeah. but if you see one of my shows you, I mean, you understand. You understand it. I think on a deeper level now. You're, you're helping me understand the things that I think people gravitate towards with neither me or Noah live is that we've had to do that because me and him have both come up from a tradition. You talking about the Detroit bar? We opened up. For, you opened up for Raekwon, and I did a song with him, and they were just like, "Yo, just throw Raekwon on." Same venue and all of that, all right. and literally. We, we we looked at each other and it was like, all right, it's time to jump into the crowd and he'll go and touch somebody's shoulder. Yeah. And he, he, he's 300-something pounds. He, him coming down and touching your shoulder and looking you in your face is like, okay, it's real right now. It's not just somebody on stage that wants something from me. It's like, oh, this dude is about that. Okay, well, let me just... You know, even if I don't enjoy what's going on, I'm just going to like smile and, you know, be pay uncomfortable, attention. be pay yeah. attention. But I mean, the, the thing is, when you're dealing with a generation, like you said, that's so you know, uh, popcorn and so ADD, like you have to do things a little bit differently to to snap them out of it. And even just to kind of, uh, uh, you know, backtrack to what you were saying about, you know, people, it's crazy because, you know, I talked to, to, to folks who were connected to corporations that sponsor a lot of hip hop events. And the one thing that this friend of mine told me that has stuck with me since he told me is that these corporations look at hip hop as indisposable. They look at it as the easiest come up. They look at it as we don't have to we don't have to get no instruments. We don't have to even get top of the line speakers, yeah, exactly. no top of the line sounds. Man, throw you don't even have to get a DJ, man. Throw two monitors in there and a shitty ass mic and we'll flip our money. It's just a it's a flip to them. We're we are literally a flip to them. And on the on the other side, we're looking at it like, you know, oh, look at us as this this underground entity getting the, you know, these major corporations involved and they're looking at us as like another revenue stream, you know? So, uh, um, no, that's very true, man. That I mean, well, that's the thing is like when it comes to this culture, the hip hop is everybody now, everything yeah. hip hop is all encompassing. So, there's so many subgenres of hip hop that the, the one thing I see about the kids now is that, you know, the kids come up to me and they're like, um, how do we generate? an income off of this and i was like and i was like look and i was like look the generation before that that stopped supporting that that was that's the end result you know what i mean when you stop supporting all these new kids that were stopped that that this kind of like stop supporting era right then then they once they got their shit figured out once they figured out their equipment once they started be loving the culture mm-hmm. and making their own music now they're out like uh what, how do we do this now? Because they, that, the, the generation, the one thing about hip hop that's really crazy is that there's never been a, a, a kind of music where, where people go back to grab, you know, to honor their, the, the elders. Right. But at the same time, there's, it's a weird combination of honoring your elders and or not giving a fuck about them. Like that's motherfuckers, it's so weird to like, to like, yeah, dude, well, the thing is, it's so strange to like not, you know, you cannot be mad at a 20-year-old kid who doesn't know who De La Soul is. You cannot be mad at them. Like, I can't but, be mad at, at them. But you know why I get mad is because yeah. I look I look at, at another genre, you know, and I look at, you know, these, uh, like a Rolling Stone, and I see, you know, the stadium full of nothing but 
people of all ages and all creeds and all, you know, people who weren't even born, you know what I mean? Maybe right. two generations separated from and they're there, you know what I mean? And they, and they may not have an idea about it, but it means something to their older, you know, uncle or their mother or father, but they're there and they get that support. They get that love. And it's like they're still selling out stadium shows, you know, when, when it just that's the part of it that I, I really hope that one day. It's not. It's not like that because I. I think that I. I, I, I used to make an excuse same way that you, that you were saying about you know a twenty year old should not uh, know about De La Soul. But I, me being from like closer to that age, I'm like no fuck that. There's way too much access. If folks can get up here and you know uh, uh, access uh, a phone app within two seconds, you can you know access a few De La Soul songs. You can you can sit there and look at a Wikipedia of legends that have come before you and understand what it is that's lined up. It just comes to a point where it's like they have never been told why they should give a fuck. Right, right, You know right. what I mean? But at the end of the day, that's a, that's a parenting thing. That's not up to an artist to tell them. It's like, you know, why should you listen to your to your elders? Why should you care about the things that have come before you? And that's a traditional thing. And I think that I, that's the one of the, the sort of the, uh, the, the, um, the negatives on our genre sometimes is that, you know, it is, you know, you, 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 you're dealing with sometimes cultures that, don't even know their own history enough to have pride in the culture that when it comes to a genre, it's like, why would I respect the history of this genre when I don't even respect the history of who I am and who I come from? I was about to say they don't even respect the, <laughs> who the fuck they, they don't even, they, I, hey man, I, I feel you. You know that, you know, I mean, I've, I'm honestly, man, like, like my homie, he's a janitor at a high school right. and he came up to me and he was like, I've never seen a whole school that only li he's like he's like you know we all went to school and there was right. the shit like whatever came out that summer was the shit or whatever but he's like I've never seen a whole school they only listen to two artists he was like he was like there's only two artists or two songs that are the whole school only likes two songs <laughs> and I'm like he's like he's like there's not even like the pile of heavy metal kids or the pile right. of underground kids or the pile, like the whole school's listening to Drake and or Future or something. That's crazy. And they're like, that's it. They'll be like, that's it. Homie's like, he's like, I've been here for months. He's like, they only play these two songs right now. He's like, there are other little, one or two of my songs might get it. And I'm like, that's crazy that, that it's that closed off. And, and you know what, man, as an open-minded person, I try, somebody been telling me that there's this kind of like new genre coming up and, 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 he said it. He said it was kind of like spiritual trap, and he was like, "It's like <laughs> trap beats." He said it was like trap beats with cats actually dropping lyrics and trying to be a little more conscious, right, but over right, trap beats, right. you know. And uh, I thought that was cool. And but he was, but he was saying like, my homie was like, "Man, he's like, I try to let. It, I mean, I, me personally, I." Man, and I don't want to judge, man, but I listen to stuff and I'm like, fuck, man, this is kind of ignorant. I can't fuck with this one. All right, let me hear. The beats are dope. I'll be like, beats are dope. Damn, man, this is stupid ignorant. Okay, he's talking about money and bitches. Okay, he's talking about money. Okay, this next one, he's talking about money and some car and so them, that's real. Them, oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, it's real. speaking to my heart. Because it's never not been. Because it's never not been. Yeah, right. But it's like, but then I'm like, but then I'm like, and then I'm like, all right, I'm on song 16. All right, I'm on song 26. And still I'm like, get it. And I'm, well, I'm still looking for some like, other than a couple clever ass flips that, you right. know, more than a couple like, ooh, that was a clever, you know, right, like, right. oh, like, damn, that was clever, you know, little fucking, little clever flips or whatever. I was like, you know, I literally can listen but to you, five songs yeah. where, where one bar, one bar a song. And as long as you get that one bar, I guess, That's that one, woo, you know, that one little woo moment, that, it's like this, motherfuckers this, are writing for one on, bar, man. no? It's like really, this 
is what we got to. We got to go. You said 26 songs. I look at every song as 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 a plate of food. And, and, and from some soul food, you don't need about, you don't need other than two or three plates to get some really good ass food. And you eat it and you're like, I want to go back for seconds. Damn, I really shouldn't get that third, Dude. but it's so good. I need to go for that third. You went through 26 plates to get anything of value. Man. And, and you're talking about the same generation of kids that, you know, they'll they'll go back and forth to a Taco Bell or to a, a McDonald's and eat that, like, eat, just eat constantly yeah. just eat the same shit and they don't even know the, I, I tell you from experience there have been times I go eat at Taco Bell and I have seven different items and I cannot tell the taste difference between all seven of them oh yeah for it's sure it's just all like it's like it's like human dog food I just eat it all it is, it is. you know what I mean but um, man that's how the music yeah, is man. man like dude I, I mean I, I I think I listened to four or five songs from Young Thug yeah. And I was looking for a gun to shoot myself in the face. I was like, this is what people like? What is this shit? And then I was like listening to it and I was like, man, I was like, this sounds like, oh, I was on the train. Yeah, I was on the Metrolink and a dude had a bike with a boombox. And dude, on the Metrolink train, and it was a mix of different artists. And by the time he played like six or seven jams, and I was like, dude, the first jam and the seventh jam, they, all seven of them could have been mixed in together, but they were yeah. all different artists from different cities. And I was like, they all could have, they were all produced by DJ Mustard or something. And they were all yeah. like, could have been the same song. Right. And, and, and so and so that trips me out, you know, but that, for me, it's like an old man shaking my fist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I can't be that old man. I got to respect what's out and I respect kids and their taste. It's just that I feel like, I just feel like, I feel like it's a it's a trip, man. I feel like a dumbing down of society, and I feel like this very like the kids are just, you know, I wanna I wanna have hope. Like I I always play around and hate on Odd Future and shit like that and joke around. Right. And, and I love I actually love Earl Sweatshirt, and I love some of those cats. I think that shit is actually really dope. But man, there's this kind of like like we're gonna okay. I'll give you an example. There was a time when out of every ten kids in school, one was a complete badass. Like, one was like, mm -hmm. oh, my God, like, his mama didn't raise him right. He's fucking, this is the dude that's going to bring a gun to school. This is the dude that's selling dope. Now it's like, to me, it's like nine out of ten kids are that hardcore. Yeah. And it's really a trip to see this I don't give a fuck mentality, this jackass, this kind of like, it's a weird, like, jackass ridiculousness i don't give a fuck yeah. i'm gonna fucking slap you in the face i'm gonna throw talcum powder in your face or i'm gonna, i don't Shit give a fuck crazy. and it's really crazy because it's like night of the creeps it's like we living on a whole another level so the music it reflects that time you know i literally have see kids having conversations where the number one thing they say is i don't give a fuck i'll steal That's it, I'll steal it. i don't give a fuck i'll fucking steal from him i don't give a fuck about my mom she's a bitch i was like whoa That's like crazy. Is i'm so, like i would so not be like, here right now mom took my diggable planet's the tape and slice my neck with it so, so i think it's hard you know <laughs> so it's hard to like you know it's hard to I, you know going back to this one little thing this friday rich song you know i'm like it's hard you know it's hard for you to care about truth and the pain right. let the poets be the poets and the gestures entertain mm -hmm. you know the, you know the famous contagious throughout all the ages so it's like it's always going to be like that you know i gotta be over here dissing artists but even in the in the golden era of hip-hop in the world even in the karis one era there was a, there was clown ass clown ass buster oh, groups so but now it just seems like it's tipped over the other way Right. And so, you know, me personally, like, you know, let, let, let's, I mean, I think we could talk about this shit for three hours, that, that kind of <laughs> shit. Let, let's really get into, like, now that you said, you know, obviously, you know, you're talking about you took a break and you need right. it. Let, let's talk about this record, man, because I want to, I want to end this podcast uh, playing a couple more songs for your record and, okay. and talking about 
you know, you, the way you conceptualize it and everything, you know, tell me about the way you approach the making of this album. Well, you know, what's crazy is that everything that you've been talking about transitions really smoothly into it because, you know, when I looked around and I saw these shows and, and I, I saw the, the lack of women, I saw the lack of fans, you know, I started asking questions that what do we as artists have the ability to do? Okay, we're in this this environment where we have a microphone and we have the opportunity to basically, you know, interchange some pieces. What do we have that makes it worth and makes people passionate enough to miss their favorite TV show, to come on their only night off from work? What is going to make somebody come in, you know? And so the music that I made, I was like, you know what? I can't, one, I can't ignore what's going on, you know, around me in terms of the sounds, everything. And two, I cannot be concerned about it at the same time. So literally I sat there and I said, what do I want to make? And, you know, are the songs that I'm making, is this something that, that you know, uh, my homegirls would be able to, to understand a perspective of? Is this something that's shutting people out that are important to what I'm trying to, who I'm trying to speak to? You know, um, I wanted to make music that, I've always wanted to make music that was therapy to me. You know what I mean? Because the music that I fell in love with from the Sade's, Erica Badu, and Jill Scott, that was always therapy music to me. And so I always wanted to create that. Raging Waters became an opportunity for me to tell my story, which has always been the goal from the beginning, but at the same time, present it in a way where, you know, even if you're not a fan of hip hop, even if you're not a fan of everything going on right now, even if you are a fan of what's going on right now, I gave it to you in a very palatable way. But at the same time, something you would have never expected out of somebody, I guess, my age or, you know, coming from where I come from. Um, you know, I just I really wanted to dwell into like my one of my huge my biggest influences was Domino, um, you know, Ghetto Jam and, and just that aesthetic. And I wanted to just man, I just wanted to dig in and get all of these ideas off and not have to worry about all those you know, you know, what's what's real and what's real hip hop and what's this. I just wanted to make music and I wanted to make music that made people feel something good. And so um, that was really the process. And, and, you know, talking about the life changes, it took a couple years, but I went from, you know, bumming it on people's, you know, couches or whatever. And, and you know, not knowing how I'm going to pay for toilet paper to, you know, now, you know, my fiance and I. And my stepson, uh, you know, renting a, a home in Rialto. And it's like, I'm in a house now. I've been in an apartment most of my life. So now to be in a house and be able to record in a house, my presence changed, my, 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 my options changed from like, if I want to bring a saxophone player in, cool. I don't have to worry about bringing a saxophone player and then the, the managers show up and we get evicted tomorrow. Like right. that's the kind of shit you just can't do in an apartment and you just, you're limited creatively. So this is the first time I was able to be like, yo, whatever's going to make the best record possible, let's make that happen. So um, that was really the, 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 the long-winded version of how everything kind of came together and how this all relates to that frustration that I felt. Like I had to put that energy somewhere. And so I just I put it into this music. That's, man, that, that, that's what's up. Where where can people find this record? Like besides mm -hmm. the, like the, the hard tangible, is there a website that you actually sell the tangible record? Is it on iTunes? Right. Like how how do you, how do people find Raging Waters right now? It's literally like everywhere. Right now. Like right now, like, heard, like right, they're right listening now. to this. Like they did, <laughs> like they they're going from this, and this is what I'm asking the twenty thousand people that listen to this podcast. Yeah. That, like all you everybody like support the shit. You know this. Where do you where do you like I. Like you get off, you get off from from this, 
from this platform, from this podcast? Where do, where do people get it from? CurtisKing.com. Curtis with two S, C U R T I S S K I N G.com. There's an iTunes link and there's a free link. The choice is yours. I just want you to get to the music. Man. And that's that's putting that's putting your money where your mouth is. You know what I'm saying? That's putting your heart and saying like, here, take the option. You know what I'm saying? My option would be that you buy it. <laughs> Thank you. you know what I'm saying. Appreciate that. You know, or really, if you really want to get hardcore, my option would be get it for free. Then after you like it, buy it and share it. I got physical you know? copies too. You know, last night last night my homie Woes from the Blood he tried to hand me his his new CD and I was like, homie, I got it off iTunes already. And he was like, and I was like, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, and so let, let, let's do this. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna write out after with two jams from, from your album. But okay. before that, you know, I, I like exposing people to music. Let's say this is the scenario. Me and you are in a car, right? We, we drive into, we drive into Vegas or something. You know what I'm saying? We got a show. We're like, let's carpool, you know, stepbrothers and shit. <laughs> and, uh, and so I'm, you know, I just put my phone in and I was just like, and and this is from any era, you know what I'm saying? It, it, we'll keep it hip hop, so we don't have to. Oh, you know what? We'll do one hip hop and one not. But let's say you know, I okay. just hand you the aux cord. It's like you know, I already played you like, I already like show and tell you some new shit for me, and then I played some shit I like. Like you know, you ever heard of this group from New York or whatever? You know, right? So now you got the aux cord. Hmm. Give me two recommendations: one hip hop and one non hip hop. Of something that the uh, the the you know your fiance in the back and my date are in the back and something that was gonna impress and impress uh, us for as we riding out you know for a okay. Vegas weekend. So give me give me a hip hop one and then a non hip hop one. Um, the hip hop one would probably be the Raging Introduction, um, which is the introduction of the album. Which you know I think that's just um, has a Stevie Wonder sample that very recognizable. Okay, we gonna look. We gonna so I'm saying we are gonna play that. Yeah. And, and another one. Another. But one. I'm saying pick two that aren't you. Pick that, two oh, that, that, that aren't me at all. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. tripping. Oh, yeah. okay, oh, no, we I'm playing tripping. that one though I'm anyway. Because okay, my bad, my bad. So, oh yeah, I'm saying yeah, like, if, if, if you hand me the ox cord. Oh, okay. Oh, you got. I have to rethink that question now. I'm tripping. Um, so you hand me the ox cord and and you said you got. And I'm, like, and I'm like, play two jams that aren't you. Play two jams that aren't one me. One hip-hop and one not, you know what I'm saying? One hip-hop. Okay. Um, what I've been on lately. How about we do, um, since I mentioned, let's do, uh, uh, nah, nah, I'm going to listen to that. Let's do, uh, let's do Try Call Quest Beneath the Apple Bum. And then. Um, the original or the, or, the, or the remix of the Isley Brothers one? The original, right? The, the original. original. Yeah, the original. Okay. And um, then, and then uh, you said another one that's not necessarily hip hop. Uh, let's play um, Sade, No Ordinary Love. That's the jam right there. Too. And, and in fact, and, and I'm going to just throw one in there. We need to do uh, Attack Me With Your Love from Cameo. Hey. That one's so hard. That song is so hard. Even Confunction love song. There you go. You know what? We got this whole, this whole, these whole last 15, 20 minutes is going to be, we're going to put two Curtis King songs and we're going to put all those songs on there for you. You know what I'm saying? And in fact, we're going to do like, we're going to play the two Curtis King songs. Then I'm going to come back and talk to you and close the show out. And then we're going to play those, those extra songs out. So I'd like to thank Curtis King for being on the show. Oh, man, and man, I'm, I, like I said, man, I'm, I'm super geeked. You know, you're also too, man. Did you didn't you for a little bit? You had a you had a podcast on on platform, right? Did, 
You weren't yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. doing? Weren't you doing? Were you doing one where you're chopping up beats or something? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, can I be chopped? Can I be chopped? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Man. Like, <laughs> I, I, I remember that. And then uh, also too, let let people know, like you know, there's records out. You got you got any plan? I know it's coming to the end of the year. Thanksgiving right. and Christmas is coming, so kind of everybody's gonna shut down a little bit. Of course. But what what is uh you know what what what's your plans for for 2016? Uh, 2016. I'm coming back, of course, with with new music. Um, I'm, I'm definitely doing visuals. I haven't done any visuals, which is a miracle in these days to still be able to have people talking about the music. Um, I've done no music videos, so I want to start the top of the year, get music videos done. I want to start preparing for touring opportunities. I want to, um, you know, get this new music ready. I want to continue my production, uh, and whatever opportunities open up from that. Um, stuff that's out right now is the the Murs album. You know, have a nice life. I know we didn't. You, you're on. You're on the Murs album, right? Yeah, well, I, I produced the song with him in E40. Um, what? Yeah, I was that was a dream come true. So. What? That's yeah. a mailman. And and you got a whole. You got a record with with. You said you yeah. about trap beats. What's the record? Shut your trap. Shut your trap. It's, and that it's was the same, it's the same Murs. It's just over. You know my my. You know my particular. Uh, Product. It's crazy because people know me because of my production, like with, um, you know, Abso, Kendrick, and the TDE camp, and that's really been predominantly like sample-based hip hop. Right. So my favorite kind of hip hop song. Yeah, hey, hey, and I, I, that's what I came originally came up on, um, and you know, uh, Murs, you know, it, it's both of us kind of stepping out of our realm, but at the same time, it's same stuff because Mer Merce is all over the place, man. Merce, is, I like, like Merce likes to like <laughs> Merce like, hey, you got to give him credit, man. Merce is like, I want to do some indie indie stuff. I want to yeah. do some trap. I want to do some, you know. Sometimes he goes back to like straightforward sample based rap. Sometimes mm -hmm. he's like on some like hyper stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like Merce, Merce definitely, and Merce to his credit, Merce has been in the game long enough. So he did, you did, you know, as a Merce fan, like you, you deserve to follow him on his journey. You know, I, I got nothing but love for Merce. I know Merce since I was 13 years old. You know what I'm saying? Mid city. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I used to go to Merce's house with his mom and watch wrestling. You know what I mean? Hey. You know what I'm saying? I love Merce, man. You know what I'm saying? When Merce, I'll never, I'll say this about Merce. When my, my, when I, for those that don't know, man, in, in 2000, my best friend Memo, he died in my arms, and me, me and Merce, right before he passed away, though, and me and Merce, uh, we were all into wrestling. In fact, we were gonna make a group called the Brain Busters. That's another story. But long story short, Merce actually bought me a ticket to WrestleMania 2000. Like wow. that's how cool a guy Merce is. And I couldn't go because I was on tour with the Visionaries. And dude, Merce gave the ticket to my homie Memo, and Merce and my boy Memo went. To WrestleMania in a limo, and went he he like decked it out. They had the greatest time, and in fact, Triple H, who's who's uh, my boy Memo's favorite wrestler, beat The Rock, who was Merce's favorite wrestler, on some upset. <laughs> and, it, Mer, and my boy Memo, it was like the greatest night of his life. That's crazy. And I always get I always give props to Merce for like being a G. And in fact, in the in the scenario of the Brain Busters, me and Merce were wrestlers in that band, and Memo was our manager. Like you know, so it was kind of like gotcha. all ties in. But anyway, but. So shout out to, to shout out to the little homie, and I mean that in height. You know what I mean? I mean that in height. <laughs> Merce's way. That's the one thing Merce can't get on me is height. You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't, you can't buy height. So anyway, yeah, but uh, unless you get some heels, yeah, that's exactly. the situation. So shout out to Merce and shit. He knows I'm fucking with him. But but uh, yeah, man, I, I really want to thank you. So we're gonna leave with that barrage of songs. So that's gonna be. I want y'all to picture all the fans out there listening to this podcast. You know these last five songs. Now this is this is me and Curtis 
his fiance and the and the step and the stepson and mm-hmm. and my date and we we cruising out to Vegas. So this I had to Curtis the the ox course. So we're gonna get into a couple of those. I'm gonna come back and, and give you some more info and then we'll write out with the last three. It's the Tumex Hologram Podcast. Curtis King pick up his new album. I'm saying Ranging Waters, get it, get it, man. Seriously, buy it. Get the fuck off of this podcast when it's done and go buy it. I really mean it. Like, let's show some fucking strength. I want to see a difference. I want to see a spike in the fucking sales due to this podcast when it comes out. So anyway, do what I say, please. Uh, We'll be back in a second. Life made a change overnight. You wouldn't believe how I soared over heights. Toured 40 states for more than 40 nights. With a smile on my face and Noah James, I'm alright. But that right there, that was the tip of the iceberg. Thought I saw the future, but you know how life works. A year after being 42 on the iTunes, I split from the label because my life was a typhoon. I had doubts, so many doubts. Go back to my lyrics, bruh. Slow down. Fresher than a riddle that I just now figured out as I pinned this gym for my brand new house. What? Pin that gym from your brand new house. This is what I daydream from my grandma couch. Put that ring on your brand new spouse. This is what I didn't hear from my ex's mouth. And this is where my mindset sits right now. You better believe in what the shit's right now. This is the moment your last kiss right now. I'm on the shore where the fish might drown. This is the moment I take risk right now. This, this, this is the moment we get rich right now. This is a moment we need a moment of silence. This was a moment of privacy that I wrote on the island. I'm going. Raging Waters. Heaven knows I'm not a king without you When I roamed through the woods, it was all to the good I was home in the woods with a fishing rod For a moment I stood For a moment I stood up stiffer than a shish kebab When I looked at my feet I couldn't believe this had to be a sign from God I was walking and floating Right on top of the ocean That whole night was slow motion I was overwhelmed by emotion I know I saw your reflection Clear as clear as cell complexion I am here to share your blessing You told me I'm not ready You knew better, I was better I probably would've split your levees Cause my innocence was deadly But your fingerprints was heavy I remember Shit, how can I forget you on this pencil up? Skipping rocks just to get to you Skip a rock, skip a rock You gon' make me skip a rock, skip a rock You gon' make me skip a rock to find you I just need the perfect little time to Time to, time to, time to, time to, time to, time to I just need the perfect little time to Give a rock, give a rock You gon' make me skip a rock to find you Shoot you 
If you want to bust up. Double back, you got perfect little time to. Time, 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 to all living things, the ultimate flow goer. I give as many lives as I take, and I build up as many things as I destroy, leaving behind a residue of balance as my legacy. True, my unpredictability can be startling. My waves crash at inopportune times, I flood and drown, I freeze up, boil, but all in rhythm with this epic, endless affair I'm having with you. Welcome to Raging Waters. Did you enjoy those songs? You know what I'm saying? But I had to take a little break right there. You know why? Because I have to tell you, man, like, I, I really, like, uh, wanted to talk about some people that we got actually hitting us up and sponsoring the, the Tumex Hologram podcast. You did it, man. You, you, the people that subscribe to the show and the people that are listening, shout out to my boy, Craigie. Fucking Craigie. What's up, Craigie? Lego my Crego. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and all the people that, that hit me up and, and support, you know what I'm saying? All the people that write me and, and tell me that, you know, that, that they like the show and that, that they like everything we're doing. So I just wanted to talk about a couple people that are actually straight up, uh, sponsoring, man. One is, uh, this magazine called Cannabis Now and, uh, and they're dope. They're like a real magazine, man. And, uh, they're all up to date on the, on like, on the cannabis culture and all the laws, all the weed laws and everything. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're, they're coming at us like, yo, we're writing articles about, they're going to write articles about the show. They're trying to like advertise. So, you know what I'm saying? If you, all my weed heads, all my green thumbs out there, you know what I'm saying? Go to cannabisnow.com. Check it out. You know what I'm saying? Support these brothers. You know what I'm saying? If you're actually in LA, if you actually, you know, most of the, the reader, most of the people that listen, they're from Cali, right? Or, or no, they're from where? Break it down. Uh, only... Break it down. Oh wow! So where so that's about five thousand people, or let's say. But where 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 break it down? Where uh, have, uh Amsterdam, France, A- Amsterdam, France Europe, Japan, Europe, Japan uh, South America. South America. See, we international now. Your weirdest one though was Kabul. Oh Kabul! Oh, cause I got that's where I got my Arab homies out there making it crack. Hey, by the way, all my people in Kabul, uh, you want to book me, homie, in Dubai? I'm only fifty racks, homie. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hook it up, fool. Tell one of your homies out there that's balling to bring me out there. You know what I'm saying? Bring me out there, G. I'm 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 gonna be out there, man, making it crack. You know what I'm saying? I'm only fifty racks, so that ain't nothing for you. You you could walk down you could walk down the hallway and just kick fifty racks over to all my people. Shout out to all my people in Dubai. But uh if you out here in LA, and in fact all my international people, man. All you Amsterdam people, all you people in Europe and France, if you're coming out here to LA, man, you need to come support my homie Spot because they supporting me. You know what I'm saying? So if you're in anywhere near Venice Beach area, check out Marla's Cafe. And and after after nine o'clock, it turns into this spot called Late Night Munch. You know what I'm saying? They're on 2300 Abbott Kinney Boulevard in Venice. So if you're out there in uh, on in the Venice Santa Monica area, 2300 Abbott Kinney Boulevard, dude. I went there last week with my homie Gerald. And the the late the mom and the son man like the son made the spaghetti and the mom made the meatballs 
And it was bomb, dude. It's like real bomb, like Italian food. And they, they like, they, they treated us hella nice. They were like, they talking about coming to the shows and bringing us food. I'm going to make sure that happens. And, uh, man, it's called Late Night Munch. They, they got a food truck coming out, the Munch truck. And they, they're going to set it up with a sound system and they're going to roll up to hip hop shows. And I'll probably get on the mic. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make a crack. And so just to let you know, man, it's a cafe in the day and late night after hours, man, it's a delivery service. So, for all you high high people out there in the Venice area, if you're tired of eating Del Taco, McDonald's, and all that bullshit, bullcracker, you know what I'm saying? Come check it out. American, Latin, Asian, Portuguese food. It's cracking. Marla's Cafe. So check it out. They even got a number, man. Dude, I sound like Howard Stern. I love this, man. I'm trying to get my Howard Stern on. Uh... I'm, I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm super excited, man. I love the fact that, that, that the community is reaching out to me and trying to support. So like, honestly, man, to the people that are out here supporting me and the people that are out here supporting this podcast and platform collection, like support the fuck out of it, man. Fucking go to Venice and check it out. Next time you're in Venice, go to, go to Marlis, man. Go to the late night munch. And, uh, I got a little number for all your heads. Ready? Get your pen. Get your phone ready. It's 310-827-1843. That's 310-827-1843. Yo, support them. It's bomb-ass food. It's the official It's the official late-night spot of the 2 Megs Hologram Podcast. And you know what? I'm fucking happy as fuck. I'm happy that you're listening. I thank you for subscribing. I want to thank Platform Collection. I want to thank Curtis King, who's still chilling right here, like a G, like a super G right here, <laughs> chilling and stuff. We, we might have to go out there and go eat. And... uh uh, I wanted to tell people uh, to support all the shows. What are the shows actively cracking right now on Platform Collection? Crappy Awesome. Crappy Awesome or Crappy Crappy, depending <laughs> on the episode. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how, how the episode ends up turning out. There's Crappy Crappy and there's Crappy Awesome. And then what else we got? Culture Sessions. We got Culture Sessions with all the homies from the 626. Proof of Life Radio. Proof of Life Radio. You know what I'm saying? Who's, who hosts that one again? Kali. Kali. Oh, that's right. Ooh, ooh, that's right. Shout out to Kali. And then what else we got? Uh, 60E Show. 60E Show. How, how many? He's, has he thrown some episodes? He's, uh, his third one drops. Uh, his third one's out now. Word up, man. I like those dudes, man. He's another cat. We were talking about paid dues. He, that fool campaigned for paid dues. He got a paid dues tattoo on his neck. So, you know, talk about commitment. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that fool, lo- like, if he, he loves Domino's Pizza so much, he has a Domino's Pizza menu tattooed on his back. from uh, his first European tour. He just came back from his first European tour. Man, I like that, man. I like seeing, I like seeing, uh, I like seeing LA underground artists out there, man. I, I like seeing Reverie and Self-Provoked and, and, you know, so have you hit Europe yet? Curtis, you need to hit, you, you ain't hit, you ain't hit Europe yet? Not yet. You got it, yet. man. Wait till you and, oh man, we got to get two seats for, uh, Yokozuna, but wait till Sarah <laughs> Dr. Jones. If we can find, if we can find somebody to buy three seats for Noah, Hell no, we'll share one. Yeah, to get to Europe, wash and washes. Hey, I'm saying if they get, (laughs) I'm not even pausing that neither. They get a load of you out there, man. (laughs) That that's that's something that's cracking. We need to get. You know what? I need to put you with the the person that's that's taking us out there. I'm going out there in in April, man. man. We'll build on that after right now. But uh, but yeah, man. Yeah, you guys got to get out there. But uh, anyway. But yeah, I just wanna. Who else got a show out there? A one one. AWR1, what's the name of his show? The Broadcast Podcast. The Broadcast Podcast. Now, should I make a song to intro his show since he made a song to intro my show? Hmm. He's going to be coming up on your show. He is? He's booked already. Oh, he's booked to play my show? Oh, now he wants to do it, huh? See, when I want it, uh, when I, see, the thing is, 
When I wanted to do it, he's like, oh, man, it's gonna, can y'all come to me? I'm kind of like, you know, doing tattoos, you know, like I'm doing cool Keith toys. I can't got the time. The broadcast podcast, that's what's up, dude. Oh, dude, I, if it's anything like the cartoons he draws or like the amazing music that he makes, it's going to be dope. Oh, and, and then cookbook. Cookbook. I, no, I don't want to advertise cookbook shit. <laughs> so the, don't. that's the one, when you uh, go to Platform Collection and you see all the podcasts, just ignore Cookbook's podcast because <laughs> chances are it's not going to be any good. It, what is that one about? Is that one about uh, fucking doing what? That one about fucking carrying Pigeon John's luggage. What is that podcast about? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's called Really Though. It's called Really Though? Word. So, you, nah, I'm just fucking with you, man. Cookbook's my boy and shit. I'm sure, I bless you. I'm sure uh, I'm sure that that's going to be real tight. But I'm going to talk shit. I think that's going to be my stick. I'm going to talk shit about Cookbook's podcast. Everyone. It's called Really Though? When's it, is his first episode already up? It'll be, it should be up now. Since okay. Oh, by the time this comes out, it'll be out. Word up. So, uh, yeah, man. Thank you very much. Super appreciate it. And uh, by the time this comes out, I think Thanksgiving will be over. So have a good Thanksgiving and and uh, you know get this Curtis King record, man. I'm I'm not joking. Like, listen to it. Get it. Like, get it. Don't fucking steal it. Get it. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. Like, people don't understand. Buy this shit. Let's say it's ten bucks for a bomb ass record. Okay. Let's say a thousand people get that shit. Let's say he. Let's say that's like eight racks that could come to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what you could do with eight racks, fool? Like, that's with with the new world that we live in and technology, it's not impossible to get 10,000 people to purchase your record. And 80 racks will change an artist's life. Yeah. It'll be like, man, like, you know what I mean? Me personally, man, like, I, I'm always not advertising my own shit. Like, 2Mex, uh, what's my shit? Where's, I don't even, oh, yeah, 2Mex.bandcamp.com or whatever. Like, go, go fucking buy one of my 75 records. Like, Fucking make my Christmas, homie. Go watch your video. And go watch my, oh yeah, go watch my new Friday Rich video. But I'm just saying, man, go, it's not about me today. It's about Curtis King. <laughs> so fuck that. Don't go buy my shit. But literally, if there's 10,000 people, if there's 10, if we, there's 5,000 people, that's 40 racks. That's 40, that's like, that's life changing. Yeah. You have the power of support to make that shit crack. Like, fuck it, do this shit. Fucking go borrow your mom's credit card, you fucking loser that you go buy a Domino's pizza with and go buy a fucking, and, you know what I'm saying? Tell your girl, you know what I'm saying? Tell your fucking girl that you're gonna, you know, eat her out or something and fucking borrow her credit card and fucking do it, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, skip your fucking tap card, skip, you know, do some shit, support. I wanna see a fucking spike. In, in the fucking sales due to this podcast. Man. I'm serious, man. You know, the same way I'd be asking people on the internet to bring me food or bring me a bucket of KFC, I'm ask, I'm calling out. This is a worldwide call out. Seriously, Curtis King, Raging Waters, fucking go to iTunes and get it. Or just unsubscribe. No, I'm just kidding. But fucking... Uh, Don't do that. I, no, 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 I'm fucking with you. But support. It's, it's quality shit. And, and we're about to quality shit. And I'm happy that you're here, brother. And thank you very much. We're out of here. We'll see you on the next one. And uh, we're going to keep it cracking. Bye.
you question the authority. Put me on. Some brothers don't.
There are 